Welcome to a bonus episode of Cinemaholics. I'm John Negroni, one of your hosts as usual, and with me is your other Cinemaholics host, Will Ashton. Hi, Will. Hey there. We're here to talk about a movie, a movie that is technically being considered. We looked at it as, oh, we're going to talk about Gunpowder Milkshake, which hits Netflix on next week's show. But, well, here's the thing. There's a lot of movies coming out this weekend. Gunpowder Milkshake... It's actually dropping on Wednesday. We're recording this Tuesday night, so we figured let's get this one out of the way. We watched it early, and will let's uh, let's talk about Gunpowder Milkshake, I guess. All right. Yeah, this should this should be brief, right? It's not the most complicated movie in the world. It's an action thriller, sure, <laughs> basically in the style of a lot of action thrillers we've gotten in the last few years. I'm sure we're going to talk about this film's main inspiration, which is John Wick. You know, and a lot of other films that have sort of come in the John Wick wake. This one is directed by Navo Prashado, who I'm not as familiar with myself. I know this is an Israeli film director whose debut film was a while, while back. Did you ever see the movie Rabies? I didn't see that one, but didn't he do Big Bad Wolves? Yeah, I think that was his second movie. Um, yeah. And I think he co-directed that with... Uh, somebody else who I'm sure. not as familiar with, but I think a film critic, actually. This is a big follow-up, though, since Big Bad Wolves, which was years and years ago. Yeah, but I remember that one. I never got around to seeing it. Um, I think the only other film I've seen from this director is... Um, well, he did a segment in ABC's of Death 2. I think that's the only actual yeah. thing that I've seen from him before this. But um, I remember Big Bad Wolves got a big endorsement from Quentin Tarantino. And I feel like that endorsement might have gone to his head because I was thinking of Twin Tarantino more in this film yeah. than I think John Wick. I was thinking of both kind yeah. of equally myself. I was thinking a lot uh, of Kill Bill for sure. Sure, yeah. I mean the the comic book. I don't know, maybe not comic book so much. Just it does have that kind of poppy feel to it in a way that like um, Tarantino. However you feel about him, I think he takes his influences. And I think he, he has ideas, but his influences are always very, like, worn on his sleeve. I think this movie is trying to do something kind of similar with, like, the heightened violence and, you know, some of the quippy dialogue and stuff like that. But, you know, there is a there is one yeah. Tarantino for a reason. <laughs> I think Tarantino, Tarantino deserves a lot of credit for how he's able to sort of get away with painfully ripping other movies off so regularly because other movies try to do it and... When they do, and I'm not, I'm not making any judgments about Gunpowder Milkshake quite yet, but I'm just kind of talking generally. I think a lot of other movies, it just feels like it has no identity of its own. And I feel like I'm watching a movie that's dressing up like other movies, but it's not its own thing. It's such a mysterious thing that Tarantino and other filmmakers are able to do. But yeah, and I know um, Navo Papashato is also doing a another film called Till Death, not to be confused with the Megan Fox film that I talked about on the show recently. But this is another film that I think Jason Sudeikis and Evangeline Lilly are going to be in. But that's his next one after Gunpowder Milkshake. Now, this movie, as I think I already mentioned, is dropping on Netflix this week big summer movie for netflix it's an action movie it's a revenge movie it's about assassins mm -hmm. and i think the big john wick connection is probably the world building of the yeah. assassins very similar to john wick hotel artemis a lot, a lot of these films that sort of build a mythology around okay these are assassins but they have rules and they have mm -hmm. these locations that they go to that they have to follow the rules and like you can't bring your gun into this place and this place is a library but really it's like a front for criminals sure. and 
it's straight from John Wick. I mean, it's it's so like beholden to it. <laughs> you can't deny it. Yeah, I mean, definitely from the world building standpoint, it's not so much like nobody though, where it feels like the story itself is uh, taking so many cues from uh, the John Wick model. But yeah, I mean, I, I I think it's pretty unavoidable to make comparisons between the two. We talked about nobody earlier this year, and and that was what's interesting. I was thinking about nobody, and I was thinking about Atomic Blonde, which are two films that the creators of John Wick went on to do later you know, in some kind of capacity. And I think Atomic Blonde, I wasn't the biggest fan of, and nobody, I, I did like it. I think that it was, it, it felt like it was kind of doing the John Wick thing in the sense of like a guy who has like a mysterious past kind of comes out of it and does a whole bunch of mayhem. All of that stuff was fine, but I think this whole genre, this whole like subgenre, I guess, of assassins in a world with just like all this extra stuff I don't know. It's it's for me due to be subverted a little bit. There were times when I was watching Gunpowder Milkshake, and I know I still got to set the whole thing up, but there were times when I was watching this, and I was like, man, this feels at times like it's almost like it could be a parody. Like it's one like written joke away from coming off like a parody, especially with Karen Gillan's performance here. But okay, here's what Gunpowder Milkshake is about more specifically. So the movie begins with Karen Gillan as a young woman she's the daughter of an assassin played by lena hetty there is an incident with her mother and she doesn't see her for many many years but she becomes an assassin herself a professional hit woman who has to go out there and kill people for money and do it at the behest of this mysterious organization that she says runs everything called the firm already at this point in the movie i gotta say i was pretty bored by a lot of the world building here i thought like the idea of the firm and all there's like this whole thing with like russian mobsters and i'm like is that it like i don't care like i i didn't care at all about any of those details i was intrigued you know by the other stuff well you see john the firm it's not just the firm it's in a way the patriarchy and uh uh... (laughs) uh, yeah i mean look this movie absolutely wears its kind of like attitude on its sleeve. It, yeah, I'm, I'm joking, but I, 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 I know I'm, I'm, I'm joking, but I do actually think that's, yeah, I, I think it is actually generally more fun than not. It's, it's a little on the nose by the end, but generally speaking, I think that's kind of a fun touch in a, in a, in a sort of way. It's on the nose, but for me, at least it was something kind of different. Like the idea of all of the protagonist characters in this movie are women and all of the antagonists are men. And it's like, yeah, that's on the nose. And, you know, I'm not I'm not somebody who gets out there and says men are the worst and men are evil or anything like that. But at least in, within the, the context of this movie, I was like, well, at least it's doing something that isn't just straight from John Wick it is a little different. And we eventually jump forward into the future and Karen Gillan is an assassin like her mother. She gets caught up in this her own sort of chaos because her mother apparently killed the wrong person and has been on the run for many years. She kills the wrong person. You get it. She's also trying to protect a young girl played by Chloe Coleman. And I think one of the more interesting things that happens in this movie is we get introduced to really the marquee characters. Like these are the side characters who kind of make the film feel a lot more than I think the sum of its parts, in my opinion. And that they're the three ants that we meet played by, one of them is played by Angela Bassett as a character named Anna Mae. We have Michelle Yeoh and we have Carla Gugino. 
and they kind of just round up this like sisterhood kind of thing where they you know they have all these weapons and they look out for each other and a lot of that stuff was interesting they're not in the movie the whole time or anything like they they kind of disappear for a while and come back and all this stuff but yeah i'm kind of beating around it there's other characters there's paul giamatti is kind of this guy in the firm who's sort of the face of the firm for us and you know there's gonna be Mm -hmm. a sequel right so i mean there's more to come for sure yeah did they announce a sequel i think i heard something about they did Mm -hmm. like literally right before we recorded i saw yeah there was uh the news broke that there is going to be another gunpowder milkshake because people are i mean so far what i'm seeing people really dig this movie sure i think they actually announced a sequel before that i think it was like out like a couple weeks ago i remember hearing talk of a sequel it's it's like confirmed confirmed today yeah i I saw like an article on slash film literally like 15 minutes ago so yeah it's it's on but i i gotta say i i see people really liking this movie i'm not a fan i i really was watching this and i couldn't grab onto any of it i wanted to like it a lot because i like everybody involved and i like karen gillen and i think that she's you know she has a lot of energy and a lot of like action movie presence i've mm-hmm. loved her in the marvel films i've loved her in smaller films like the party's just beginning you know and good yeah. good actor there but I, I don't know what you think will but i think this thing's a total dud like i i was really underwhelmed by it uh i'm coming in a little bit more positive i i do think it has some issues and i think you're underlining them so far which is that i think it's it's a lot of dressing and and not a lot of like uh, meat to the story i think from a visual standpoint particularly from a production design standpoint i think it's really interesting I, I i loved all the sets and stuff i think that's where the movie had the most fun was like you were saying before building this world and having these very uh kind of like neon lidded uh lighted um sets and and all these different uh intriguing visual designs and stuff like that and and i think a few times the the way certain scenes are shot in terms of the fight choreography and um uh, just like kind of complementing the fights themselves i think are interesting particularly as you're mentioning like the sort i guess technically the climax of the film even though there is like uh a couple scenes that follow thereafter uh i think a lot of visuals in those scenes are really kind of fun and interesting but um the story itself i could kind of take or leave the or at least the central story the mother-daughter relationship i could really kind of take or leave and likewise i wasn't surprisingly i wasn't really that interested in the uh kind of like pseudo uh, mother-daughter thing that's going on between Karen Gillan and the young actress. I forget her name. I know she was in My Spy last year. Chloe but, Coleman. Um, Chloe Coleman, okay. Um, I don't know. I found that to be also kind of um, uh, derivative, I guess, because it just kind of felt like... Like, I think she's a very fine young actress, but I felt like all of her dialogue was, like, made to be too precious and, like, too kind of cutesy. And, like, there's, like, a sort of, like self-awareness verging onto self-consciousness or consciousness uh i don't i can't pronounce words um (laughs) consciousness in this film that uh i think i guess takes away from my enjoyment more than it adds to it because it feels like it's it's imitating and uh it's being uh it's mimicry of its of other films whether it be as you mentioned john wick or Tarantino films or Old Boy or Brian De Palma or whatever 
just it, it feels so glaring to the point where it feels like this movie doesn't really have its own personality or identity. It just is like this big imitation of other films and other movies in the action genre. And I guess Drive to some extent, too, because she has that big jacket. I was going to mention Drive. Yeah, <laughs> definitely calling back to that. But at the same time, I, I do think it, it is light on its feet. It's pretty poppy. I, I, I think there is some inventiveness in terms of like the fights and uh, just the choreography itself, like I said. So I'm, I guess I'm back and forth on it. I, I think I found this to be a little bit more engaging and uh, amusing than something like Black Widow, which I found to be uh, kind of muddy and, and one note throughout. I, I appreciate that the action scenes here are a little bit more vibrant and inspired, but at the same time, I kind of use the word inspired loosely because I think a lot of the stuff we've seen before and ultimately have seen better. It's interesting because I was thinking of, I was trying to think of like Black Widow and the action in that movie and how it's like, I don't know, I, I found the action to be sort of comparable, except for like there's one scene where Karen Gillan's actually has like temporary paralysis. And I was like, that was for me the most interesting fight in the movie because I was like, oh, this is cool. You know, I don't know what's yeah. going to happen. Like, it's not True. just the character, you know, being super tough. And she actually she has to be more like clever. And she, ha- you know what I'm saying? And yeah, it, it justifies having the kid there. It's not just like she's like uh, trying to be like a mother bird protecting yeah. it. She's like actually has a purpose. She has a role. Yeah. Which I think is pretty smart. Yeah. I think I think the whole thing of it speaks to how like the movie, I think I think what's annoying about this movie to me is that it feels kind of like a, a time capsule thing you know like it could like it feels like something we would have watched years ago you know and it's something that is sort of just playing not just the familiar beats but kind of playing a bit of a tired story for me right now which is just this idea of like this buff action hero character and you know it there, there's no examination there's no sort of like I think one thing that I did like about nobody was that I actually had something kind of interesting to say about the whole like him resisting that part of himself and like how it was kind of at times like being more of a treatise against this sort of action archetypical thing. I mean, one of the few movies that's actually done this in a really good way. And one of the reasons one of my favorite films in the last decade is uh, you were never really here, which, you know, has the daringness, you know, the boldness to actually like question these kinds of movies. And so it's just, I don't know, it's kind of weird to see a movie like this, just like relishing in it in a, such an old, it feels so old fashioned, even though it's presenting itself as kind of like different and quirky. It reminds me of like the kind of quirky sort of movies from the early two thousands that were like, we're you know, the manic pixie dream girl trope that kind of went, Uh. that kind of ran amok for so many years. I'm not comparing it. I'm saying it's similar to me of how like movies kept doing that thing over and over again, even after it had been subverted so many times. Yeah, I mean, like I said before, I, I wasn't really thinking of early 2000s films so much as maybe like late 90s films when they're all trying to ride the coattails of Pulp Fiction. And there were like this steady stream of like uh, dark comedy attempts, like with action and like kind of like, you know, like these like over the top deaths. And like, th- like I said, the Tarantino influence here, uh, well, I mean, you know, is an easy comparison. It's also fairly unavoidable in the same way that John Wick is. And that it, it does kind of feel like it's borrowing a lot from its elders to the point where I don't really think it stands out as much on its own individual terms, which is a shame because I think for the most part, the cast here is really into it. And I think, uh, like you said, like I think a lot of the supporting performances are fun. I really enjoyed the three uh, 
um, like the, the librarians, I guess. I don't know if they have an official title. Yeah, they're like, they call themselves ants. Yeah, they're they're yeah. happy to be there. Like, they're not, you know, they're not phoning it in, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, especially um, Angela Bassett really seems to be having a lot of fun. Like, it's not like she has a ton to do in the movie, but she, like, sells every line, and I, I think she's really making the most, as you would expect from Angela Bassett. But, um, yeah. yeah, I mean... I think those are moments where I was most with it and most engaged, and I was kind of surprised that they're uh, kind of brushed aside for a large chunk of the film. So for me, the middle of it was where I was I was the most out of it. I don't know. Yeah, for me, it was like there was no chunk of the movie I was all the way with it, to be honest, just like a scene here and there. And I, I didn't like dislike anybody in this. I, I kind of thought Lena Hetty did a, a decent job, and I... I don't know. I, I think that one of the main issues with this movie is that Karen Gillan is only okay where I think a movie like this really needs her to be like next level good for it to, for at least in my opinion, work more. For me, I don't sure. know. She was kind of, I don't know. She was just a little bit one note in this movie. I, I didn't I didn't find myself charmed by her. I didn't find myself intimidated by her or anything by her. I, I don't know. She, I just felt like she was drifting through the movie for a lot of it. And I don't know if that was more the writing or I don't mm-hmm. know. I would say it's probably the writing because it just felt like the movie itself was trying to play against her like innate charms as an actress. I just I mean, I, you know, respect her for trying to do something different, but it kind of felt like, you know, what we've seen from her in Guardians of the Galaxy, but as the lead, which is fine. I think she's good in Guardians of the Galaxy one and two. But uh, and I also think that character is a lot more complex and nuanced. But I don't know, as, as like an action lead, I just don't think it's quite fully developed outside of just you know kind of the stuff that's established on the surface that uh we need to know and you know it's communicated in a fairly uh blunt fashion i I don't think this movie is ever incompetent in terms of like communicating what it needs to say or anything like that and i think even though it is a fairly busy film it's not uh convoluted in a particular sense outside of maybe like the particulars maybe of the world itself but um at the same time yeah, it's like easy said, to follow sure but at the same time it just, just kind of feels like well we've been here we've seen this basically we've seen this right. several other films and it doesn't really feel like this is bringing anything particularly new or inventive to the forefront yeah i can agree with that i think i think the word for me with this movie is just stale i think that you know it's like if i'm being served a milkshake let's say and I'm expecting it to have all these flavors to be sweet. It's got the whipped cream. It's got the cherry. It looks like it has like the looks of something delicious, you know, from the poster and the, you know, everything within it. But then I taste it and it just kind of tastes like, you know, lukewarm water or something. Like it's not bad or anything. Like it's, it's not like I watched this movie and was offended by it and like couldn't stand it. I just was like myself I, I felt like i was drifting through it and i just had nothing to grab onto i just think that you're gonna have a movie that has such an interesting kind of style to it then it's it stands out all the more when your villains are a bunch of faceless boring russian gangsters i mean how many times do we need to have russian gangsters in these movies it was annoying and nobody it was annoying and atomic blonde 
John Wick kind of, I mean, it wasn't the first movie to have him, obviously, but it's just like, can we be more creative with the villains? Like if the villains in this movie were as creative as the protagonist, then I think a lot of that like patriarchy stuff could have come through and, and felt a little bit more urgent and interesting. But as it is, it just sort of felt like, okay, like rah, rah, got it. Like, I, I don't know. I, it just didn't stick with me, but clearly it's, it's sticking with other people because we're, we seem to be in the minority opinion, at least from what I'm seeing. I don't know. I mean, it's not, it doesn't have a super high Rotten tomato score or anything, but I'm seeing really positive notices. Again, I think I'm ultimately a little bit more positive. We are focusing on the negatives or at least our negatives, but I mean, there is stuff I like, but I do like the cast here. I, I think even outside of the performances we mentioned, I do think, um, Ralph, Einstein, I think, right? The guy from The Witch is like the villain. Yep. I think it's it's a very one note character, but I think he, you know, he sells it rather deliciously. And, he gets, and of course, he gets one scene where I was right. a little bit well, like, that's what I mean. all right. Yeah, because like, you know, for the most part, it was just like, oh, I guess that's where I kind of come around on the film is that like every time I'm, I'm ready to sort of dismiss something, it does kind of come around and, um, and win me over in some fashion or another. For instance, like you said, like that scene. It's not an amazing scene or anything, but it's like, all right, at least you get something to kind of chew on. The cast, like, yeah. uh, Michelle um, Yo, right? Michelle Yo. Um, yeah. Like, at first, I was like, yeah, man, she's really getting undersold here, especially compared to, like, Carlo Giugino and um, Angela Bassett. But, you know, during the action scenes or the action, like, climax, basically, she does get some stuff to do. I I wish she had more to do here. I definitely think of the ants, she's given the least um, screen time or screen presence. But, um, you know, she is she does hold her own the fights and it's cool. And uh, and likewise, like I said, Ralph Einstein gets his little big monologue and Paul Giamatti is a, a fun, uh, you know, suit. I guess basically no, nothing really you haven't seen from him in other movies, but uh, at the same time he does it fairly well. It's not shoot him up, Paul Giamatti, but it's yeah, maybe yeah. the closest we've gotten from him. I wish he was a little bit madder in this. I prefer mad Paul Giamatti, but that's just me. Yeah, I've basically said everything I got here. I'm just not that into it, and I and I think that you know for some of the things you're mentioning, I I had similar emotions with like, oh, you know, I kind of like this. Oh, that's kind of interesting. But I was so I think I was just very cynical with it for whatever reason. Of like, even in that Ralph Innocent scene, I was just like, oh, okay, like I see we like in the screenplay where they're like, oh, we got to give him a monologue because we've basically given him no characterization up until this point. So we got to do this whole thing, and you know, Innocent sells it for sure. But I don't know. I just kept. Mm-hmm guess like second guessing the movie because I, I kept thinking of it as a movie like outside of the story i could never get sucked in and i think this is one of those types of movies where it's really important to get sucked in because that's kind of like the main thing the movie is shooting for no pun intended there so sure. i'm a c on gunpowder milkshake i i think it's just kind of mediocre at best so not not a big recommend for me uh what about you um Weirdly, the movie, uh, in addition to the films we've already been discussing that this reminded me of the most, was Terminal, which is a film I think most people have forgotten besides me, uh, which is a Marco Roby joint uh, from, like, whatever, 2018. And that was a film that I think a lot of people were willing to dismiss, but I think it had kind of a similar, similar strengths and faults, which is that it was sort of this heavily stylized genre piece, but, like, it was so beholden to its influences that it never really stood out on its own terms, but it wasn't for a lack of trying from its, uh, I I'll say like overqualified cast. 
uh, particularly in this case. Um, but at the same time, I, I don't think anyone is necessarily wasted here. And, and I, I do think the visuals are fun enough. And I think the sets are enjoyable enough that uh, as a very surface level piece of uh, streaming entertainment, I think you can certainly do worse. And I didn't really hate my time watching it. So in that sense, I'll give it a very low B minus. Uh, definitely a lot of things I think uh, could be better and should be better, um, including the script, which I think is, for the most part, kind of clunky and dumb uh, in a way that uh, I wouldn't mind if the script wasn't really so satisfied with itself. It constantly felt like the movie was like uh, patting itself on the back. And uh, I was kind of wondering why, because like if it felt like, oh, like we did something clever here, we did something inventive, and like I said, outside of just the the kind of uh, the twist of the 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 kid actually having a role in the uh, the action combat, um, I think for the most part it, it's a fairly perfunctory and uh, listless screenplay, and I, I think it could have yeah. used uh, some retooling in that front, but at the same time, I don't know. It was amusing enough, I guess. Nothing I really hated, and especially in a summer that I think for the most part has been fairly uh, lukewarm and disappointing. This was certainly not the worst thing I've seen. So I like a shrug of a B- for me. All right. Well, we'll see how it turns out with the sequel. Hopefully both of us will be more positive when the sequel comes around. But yeah, Gunpowder Milkshake, it's currently available to stream right now on Netflix. And it's Rotten Tomatoes at the moment is... It's been wavering between like 69 to 73%, and we'll see how that turns out. Uh, running time is just 114 minutes long. It's not super long, but yeah, definitely a, a good watch. You'll definitely get some time out of it. Thank you so much for listening to our show. Be sure to subscribe to Cinemaholics on your favorite podcast app of choice or find us on YouTube. See you all next time.